0: See all of you. Good to see half of you at least. (laughs) It's It's Thanksgiving, I know. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 5. We are at milepost 49 of 66. And the most important scripture in Ephesians is right here. There are a lot of them. The whole book is important. It was hard for me to pick a book from Ephesians, i, I got to tell you. I mean a verse from Ephesians. So I really had to pick a passage. A verse, verses 5 and 6, I want to read them with you. And we're going to back up and get a larger perspective of it in just a moment. Ephesians five and six, 3, 5 and 6. Ephesians 3, 5, and 6. Which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, that the Gentiles, everybody say Gentiles, yeah. everybody say that's me, that's that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. <clears throat> as we, let's back up and read the whole thing now, starting with verse 2. Ephesians 3, to give you some context. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you word, how that by revelation he made known unto unto, unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge of the mystery of Christ, the mystery of Christ. What is the mystery of Christ? Well listen, hear what he says. Which in other ages was not made known, it was a mystery to other ages unto the sons of men as is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs. That was the mystery. You are the mystery of the ages. You are the mystery of the ages. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Not by circumcision. Not by the law not by how, they, how obedient they were, not by how well they performed, not how, badly they, how how much they could mourn and repent, but by the gospel itself. It was the power of God to save us. Amen. amen, somebody say amen, this is good. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God, given unto me by the effectual working of his power. This is one of the greatest and almost yet most overlooked truths in the Bible. The Gentiles get in just like Abraham did. They forgot, people just forgot about it. Uncircumcised and without the law, but by the gospel, by the good news. Not by what we did, but by what he did. It's like God was saying, surprise. <laughs> they all had the law. They got in by how they performed. But then he says to the Gentiles, come on in free of charge. Amen. Surprise! Anybody remember Gomer Pyle? Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> confirmed it in Acts chapter 10. Confirmed it in Acts chapter 15. Acts chapter 21. The Gentiles got in different the way, from the way the Jews got in. They were all, they were having all kinds of problems, y'all, with this new approach to righteousness. The, the Jews had all kinds of problems with this new approach to righteousness. They, they thought, they thought that, that the righteousness of God had to be earned. They didn't know he could just give it to them. Even though that's how their father Abraham got it, got it just given to him. Because of what? His faith, what he believed about God. That God is saying, surprise. Listen to me. And I'm going to tell you the difference between the surprise nowadays and the surprise then. Most of the time when the people heard Paul preach this message, he was met with, they were surprised okay, but they, that surprise was met with anger and violence. Yeah. Right. Today you hear a surprise, you're, you're happy most of the time. Like, uh, like these people who wrote in telling what their, some of the things their kids said. Surprising things the children said. Here's, here's one. One woman says, when I asked my three-year-old what he thought heaven was like, he said, Everyone drives a monster truck all the time. (laughs) It's southern Oklahoma right there now. At the pool, my little sister asked, how does that rope there stop the deep water from coming over to the shallow water? (laughs) At the market, one kid was overheard to ask his dad, dad, why are we buying beer? Do you know how much candy that money would buy? At a birthday party recently, one woman says her six-year-old cousin came up to her while eating her cake, waved a plate in her her face, and said, Josie, the air smells like freedom. (laughs) He said, my nephew recently informed me, this guy here writes, my nephew recently informed me that squirrels eat acorns acorns because they don't like Mexican food. About halfway through an Italian dinner, my three-year-old daughter asked what the green stuff on the pasta was. When I told her it was parsley, she threw up her hand and said, well, I've never had it before, and now my life is ruined. That's how the, that's how the Jews approached the gospel. It ruined their life. Although it was something awesome and wonderful. Here's one that says, one day my four-year-old Uh, Was upstairs and yelled ouch when I asked what happened. He yelled down at me. I stubbed my toe the one that ate the roast beef (laughs) This little piggy went to town this little piggy Okay One of the girls just leaned over to her mama and said, leaned over real close to her and said, no, Mommy, don't worry. I love you. I would never kill you. <laughs> what? Is that kind of a veiled threat? I love this one here. It says, I used to teach preschoolers one day. I was sitting on the floor with a three-year-old squatting next to me. She's talking and talking and talking. Suddenly, she just falls over. She gets up looks at me and says, that wasn't supposed to happen. <laughs> Finally, I told my kids we were no longer going to use the, the phrase shut up because it sounded mean and could hurt people, people's feelings. So a few days later, I overheard my six-year-old son say to his nine-year-old sister after she'd been mindlessly chattering for about 15 minutes on and on. Until he couldn't take it anymore. And he yelled, Silence, you peasant! <laughs> Created a way of saying, Shut up. <laughs> Silence, you peasant. Surprises happen because you're not expecting them. Right? They were not expecting God to suspend the law for the sake of righteousness. Their responses were, were awful. Thankfully, the response of surprising things kids say is laughter. But the idea of the Gentiles being saved by the hearing of the Gospel was believe, and believing was not only a surprise and a shock, often accompanied by violence and anger. Truth be known, it still is today. The question is, why would God do that? Why not just tell a man to go to hell? Why not just say, go, go ahead and go? Just go on to hell. I don't want you anyway, you filthy liars. You've forgotten all about me. You've forgotten all about me. You've forgotten who I am. You don't pray to me anymore. R- chase each other around like dogs. In heat. Using drugs. Using all kinds of horrible things to enhance your life to re- replace the spirit of God that was in you? Why don't you just go into hell? Why couldn't God forget them? Because they had forgotten him. Reminds me of a story I read, and I wanna read it to you if I may. A nurse writes, it was a busy morning, approximately 8.30 a.m., and a gentleman in his 80s arrived to have stitches removed from his thumb, he stated that he he said that he was in a hurry, as he had an appointment at nine o'clock. I took his vital signs and had him say, take a seat, knowing it would be over an hour before someone could be able to see him and help him. I saw him look at his watch anxiously and decided, since he, I was not busy with another patient, I would evaluate his wound. On examination, I was well healed, so I talked to one of the doctors, got the needed supplies and removed the stitches, the sutures and redressed his wound. While taking care of his wound, he began to engage me in conversation. I asked him if he had another doctor's appointment this morning and why he was in such a hurry. The gentleman told me no, that he needed to go to the nursing home eat breakfast with his wife. And, and then I inquired as, as to her health. I, I asked about her health and she told me that she had been, that he, he told me she had been there for a while and that she was a victim of Alzheimer's disease. As we talked, I asked if she would be upset if, if uh, he was a bit late. He replied that she no longer even knew who he was, that she had not recognized him in over five years now. I was surprised, the nurse said, and asked him, and you still go every morning even though she doesn't know who you are? He he, He smiled as he patted my hand and said, she doesn't know who I am, but I still know who she is. God could not get over you being lost. Even though man had forgotten who he was, he never forgot about his friend Adam. His man that looked like him. Angels didn't look like God. Men looked like God. We were created in his image. Mile post 50. Philippians 1.6. One of my favorite verses in the entire Bible. Philippians 1.6 says, Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, Ye all are partakers of my grace. Oh. He's saying that I'm confident that God's going to finish his work in you because grace is working in you. The law will not finish what God started in you. Grace will finish what God started in you. Grace is a great perfecter. Grace is a great perfecter. It finishes what God starts. Amen. You know, in so many places you hear the preacher say things like, come receive the grace of God, be saved today. And the very next thing is, you've got to start doing this and do that and do this and do that. And if you want to stay saved, you've got to do this, got to do that, got to do this, got to do that. That's how they talk. It's the old bait and switch. used car salesmen have been using it for years. But you're not going to stay saved because of how you perform. You're going to stay saved because of the grace of God in your life. Amen. Amen. My mama was at my house one time in West Texas. We were in a fairly large town, San Angelo, about 100,000 people, San Angelo, and an ambulance went by. I lived two blocks off the highway and the ambulance went south past my house. I lived on the south side, but there was probably 20,000 people who lived out south of me. You know, something like that. This ambulance went by. My mother jumped up, ran to the window, ran over to the window. She looked out and she said, John, hollered through the house. What, Mama? I heard an ambulance. Yeah, we hear them a lot, Mom. Well, it was going south. You know anybody that lives out that way? I said, Mama, there's probably 20,000 people that live out there or more. She said, but do you know anybody that lives out there? I said, well, yeah, I know some. Well, you need to call and see if they're okay. I said, Mama, you see, she came from Love County. A little spot in Love County down in the southern part, the southern, southernmost tip is a place called Thackerville. You ever, ever hear of it? Yeah, I know. Well, raise your hand. I know you've been to the casino if you tell me that. <laughs> that casino wasn't always there. It used to just be nothing, farmland, when I was a kid. Well, my mama... About a hundred families, I guess, lived down in that little lobe there. The the the, the river, every, every direction from my house, except north was Texas. Every direction. So we had about a hundred families that lived down in there, I guess, something like that, maybe maybe less than that. Well, made me, I thought my mama was being silly. Why are you doing this, mom? But then it dawned on me. I think the Lord spoke to me. Really. He said John, when she hears a siren. Somebody she knows and loves is in in trouble. When she hears a siren, she knows everybody in her little world. She prays for them. She hears a siren, somebody she cares about is in trouble. Not true for me, because I was in a big town. But she was real concerned about that siren. Because for her, it's always attached to a need, a real need for her to pray. She'd pray. When the, when, the storm says, when the weather says storms are coming to Thackerville about a hundred years ago, a storm did come to Thackerville and blew it away, blew it completely away. They had to move the town over to the railroad track. It used to be over on the east side of the, west side of the, the low, over toward the river on the west side. There was a little uh, ferry there run by a guy named Zachary Thacker. Had a little trading post there and all that. The tornado came and blew it away. Ever since then, the people in that area have been real sensitive, especially the old-timers, have been real sensitive to weather. all had cellars. You know what I mean. My mom was real sensitive to weather. She learned to fight back a few years ago. About 30 years ago, 40 years ago, she learned about the word of faith. She began to fight back. She stands out in the yard now and tells tornadoes to turn around and go away. Amen. And they obey her. Amen. My kids saw it on the television one time. They were watching the, the news. My mama said, boys, come with me. And she looked in the direction. They, they said the tornado was coming right for Thackerville. She walked out in her yard and pointed at that cloud and said, go turn the other way. Amen. Go turn the other way. Good. You go away, you will not hurt any of my people here. And what she told me, she said, John, I can't pray for everybody in the world. I can't pray for everybody in my county, but I can pray for everybody I know and love. I love everybody in this town. She does. She goes to every church in town. She's involved in every church in our town. I don't know how she does it. She's a wild woman. Because she loves the people there, He's she's always working for their behalf behind the scenes. Listen to me. God is working behind the scenes for you. Yes. Amen. He's protecting you when you don't even know you're being protected. Yes. Yes. He's, His grace is at work. He hears the ambulance you don't hear. He goes, on, he goes into fight mode when you think everything's peaceful. He fights in the unseen world. Your decency does not access grace. On the contrary, grace provides your decency. Right. He will not stop until He's completed the work in you. That's what, that's what the Philippians 1 6 says. He will perform that which He started in you. It's good to know that God has control of the end game, God's in charge of the fourth quarter. Amen. Amen. Go Cowboys. Y'all yes, <laughs> yeah, knew I'd work that in, didn't you? You knew I'd work that in somehow. God, has in charge, God is in charge of the fourth quarter. He's in charge of the two-minute dr- drill. He is finishing the work He started in you because He's not ever going to find to reach a place where He's satisfied with your in, in, uncompleteness, with your incompletion. He wants you complete. Now you are completed in Him in the Spirit, but He wants you in every way looking like, looking like Jesus. Did you know that in, in October, the, October the 31st, 1941, they announced the completion of Mount Rushmore. And that's the completion of Mount Rushmore, October the 31st, 1941. It had so much trouble with it. Political trouble, money trouble, uh, but the whole nation was behind them, but there was always some, some other issue coming up all the time with the builders. Finally, they just called it done, and they left it just like it is with the four faces a reason for these four faces was because they believed in expanding and Rushmore was a symbol of western expansion four men were specifically in charge of expanding and securing the the union the, the, the nation of America stay with me they just announced on October the 31st that Rushmore was complete, but it didn't look anything like the model that they had made up. The model they had made up had had completed all the way down to their waist. It was an entire bust they were going to build for these men. But, But they just called it done because they figured, well, good enough is good enough. Have you ever noticed how good enough is really never good enough? With God, good enough is never good enough never going to say, well, I got you spiritually saved. I guess I'll just leave their minds alone. No, 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 no. He's working on your mind right now. That's why you're in church today. Being confident of this very thing, that he which has begun a good work in you will perform that work until, 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 not not before, not after, until the day of Jesus Christ. He's going to be working on you right up to the last day. Glory to God. Glory to God. He will never just give up to political pressure because he has all the political clout he needs. Amen, that's good to know. He's not gonna run out of money, not gonna run out of influence because his gospel is the power to finish the work in you. Somebody say amen. Amen. Colossians chapter two. Colossians chapter two and verse 13 and 14, I'm gonna read it together. My post 51. Colossians chapter 2. Have you enjoyed this series at all? I have. Colossians 2, 13 and 14. And you, being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Let's read 15 and having spoiled spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. This means Jesus nailed the law to the cross. blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us. All that had ever been written in the scriptures was really against sin. Which, which only demonstrated the wrath of God. The wrath of God was plenteous in the Old Testament. We even, see the, we even see the ground opening up and swallowing them. The wrath of God was ever, everywhere in the Old Testament. Wrath here, wrath there, wrath everywhere. It says it real clearly in Romans 1:18, For the wrath of God was revealed from heaven against all ungodliness. We saw the wrath, we know what it meant what was new was Romans 1 16 and 17 it says for I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone who believes to the Jew first and also to the Greek then it says for the righteousness of God is revealed from, from heaven from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith which means righteousness has never really been re- revealed only the wrath of unrighteousness, not the blessing of righteousness, till the gospel came. What is the gospel? Let's bow our heads for a minute. The gospel is this. Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures and he was buried. And he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. That means everything that went wrong came right again in the spirit. Now, anything is possible in the natural. Anything is possible. You can be healed today. You can be saved today. You can overcome your issues today. You can walk by faith today and receive it today and walk it out today like I'm doing. I received my healing a long time ago. Amen. I'm walking it out now by faith. Amen. Somebody say amen when you get born again, when you get born again, you walk that out too. In Jesus' name, Father, I pray your blessing upon this congregation. Thank you for the word today. Thank you for these truths that you showed us. How that you could not forget about us. Even though we had forgotten about you, you didn't forget about us. Thank you for the gospel. The gospel that changes everything. It is the power of God to, to make us, right in every way to finish the work that you started, started in our lives, in Jesus' name.